All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in a hump day edition of Daily Faceoff Live. As always, the show is streaming on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. And as always, it's brought to you by Botano. We have a big announcement from our friends at Botano. They are the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas. So if you're a footy fan, you already know, Botano is your spot. I'm Tyler Rumjack. He is Daily Faceoffs Colby Cohen. Morning cup of hockey's Colby Cohen. Cobe, Colby, how's it going? Whew. You're fired up today. Wow, for a guy who had late night duties last night. It was a late night for you out in Edmonton. I know you were hosting pre and post game coverage. A tough loss for your Oilers, but a great hockey game. I do feel like there was a little bit of everything last night. There were some bad games. But then that also, that that late game last night was an absolute treat. I know we're going to get back to it a little bit later in the show, but um, it's good that the All-Star break's over. I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready for the push for the playoffs. Yeah, and the games are only getting more meaningful. Last night's game between the Oilers and Golden Knights felt like a playoff game. We'll talk about that a little bit later on with our pal Luke Gazdick in the players' room. But let's start off with a couple of big debuts last night. Colby, the Lindholm for Kuzmenko swap, saw both players wear their new jerseys for the first time last night, and the returns were pretty immediate. It was actually Andre Kuzmenko who was the first of the two to score, but Elias Lindholm ends up with two goals on the night. Let's start with Lindholm. He was the big flashy ad for a team that's got Stanley Cup aspirations. He scores twice on the power play. At five on five, he didn't necessarily stand out in that impactful of a way, but that'll come as he gets more comfortable. What did you make of Lindholm, and what do you make of this fit? Well, he played on the wing at five on five. So obviously there's a little bit of an adjustment period there. You're playing with Pedersen 
um, who's a pretty cerebral player. But I'm actually not surprised that Lindholm had some success right away because you look at the way he plays, Tyler. I I would say he's he's a player with hard skill. Right, He's not a flashy guy. He doesn't need the puck on his stick constantly. He seems to be good along the walls. He's good defensively. He's just that sort of all-around 200-foot player that has a lot of offensive upside, and he does it the hard way. You see the two goals he scored last night. He's standing right on top of the blue paint. He's not generally a net front guy on the power play, but he understands on this team I'm not going to control the half wall. We have a guy like Elias Pettersson to do that. We have Brock Besser and so on and so forth. So I just think his ability to realize where he fits on the totem pole and his actual skill set and willingness to play in sort of that hard skill type of role more, you know, I don't think power forward is the type of, is the right, um, term to use because he's not necessarily that but he does play that heavy brand of hockey you know not quite as good as Patrice Bergeron was but in that realm of you know that that heavy center a guy who wins all his battles and and creates offensively so not surprised to see how he kind of slipped right in there and made an impact in his first game on the other side of things, Andre Kuzmenko was partially a cap dump, but a guy that the Calgary Flames said they wanted to give a fresh start to, and the fresh start got off to a pretty good start in that. A power play goal for Kuzmenko as well. And you know, he's 28 years old. Last year in his rookie season, he scored 39 goals. Like You don't score 39 goals in the NHL on accident, Colby. When you look at Kuzmenko, do you think there's serious bounce-back potential here for him with the Flames? Do you think, you know, top line, him and Sharon Govich and Huberto, they seem to have a little bit of chemistry last night. Maybe there is a long-term fit here. Maybe this isn't a guy the Flames are just going to look to flip. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe there is, Tyler. But the reason that I, I don't necessarily feel as good about this one is because I look at the Flames and I don't think this is a team that's going to get better. I think it's a team that's going to get worse. I think they're going to move pieces away at the deadline. I think they're in the middle of a transition period as a team. But I do think he's going to get a lot of opportunity to kind of play and play a little bit looser and play a little bit more freely where Rick Tockett was, you know, a lot more probably down his throat about the defensive side of things about, you know, checking a little bit harder, being more responsible where you go and you play in Calgary, you're playing on a top line, a team that, okay, yeah, they're hanging around the playoff picture, but they're not really a playoff team. There's a lot less stress. The coach has a much more laid-back personality than Rick Tockett does, Tockett being very intense, very in-your-face type of guy. So, look, I'm not really sold on Kuzmenko other than the fact that, yeah, you don't score 39 by mistake. Um, But ultimately, do I think he's a long-term play? Do I think he's a long-term solution to their top line? Do I think he's even a long-term fit for Huberdo? There, I'm not totally sold. I'm going to need to see more before I really lean in heavy on him. Yeah, again, 28 years old. I don't think the Flames are heading towards a five, six-year rebuild like maybe the Chicago Blackhawks. I think they probably have their sights set on being competitive within one or two or three years, I should say. If that's the case and they can turn it around quick, maybe get some more draft picks, get some talent in that prospect pool, maybe a 30-year-old Andre Kuzmenko has value to them. And hey, worst case is he comes in, maybe he pops home 15, 20 goals, and next year at the deadline, you retain half, flip them, get a second-round pick, and you've multiplied the asset a little bit from the Lindholm deal. But early returns looking good from that swap for both sides. Uh, Frank Saravalli, not on the show today. He will be back tomorrow, but he had a piece up at dailyfaceoff.com about 
the future of the Arizona Coyotes. It is getting to decision time in the desert. And Frank outlined basically three options for the Yotes. And when I asked him, hey, is this something that could play out in six to eight months? He said, no, this is something that's going to play out in a matter of weeks or days, not months. And here are the three options, I guess, Frank laid out. Find a site, put shovels in the ground, and finally start making some hay on a new permanent home for the team somewhere in the Phoenix area. Option two is for Alex Morello to sell the team to someone who can privately fund an arena. Right now, they're looking for public funding. They're looking for help from the counties or the city or whatever. Sell it to someone. He named the Phoenix Suns owner in there. Someone who can go, yep, I'll buy the Coyotes. I believe in them, and I'm going to put my own money in to finally get a permanent home for them. Option C is to relocate them to Salt Lake City. I know our guy Rusty is in the YouTube chat. He's from Utah. He desperately wants a team out there. Uh, which one of these options do you think is maybe the most likely, Kolb? Honestly, I think Salt Lake City to me seems to be the most likely because every time we hear about a potential deal or a potential site, you know, we only find out weeks later that it was either nonsense or it was bullshit. And how many opportunities are you going to get? Look, I personally was all in on that whole Tempe uh, situation. I thought putting a team in, having the team be in Tempe, I thought would be great. I think that's a very densely populated area. You've got a ASU's hockey team right in that area, which people seem to be jumping on board with and really excited about. And here's the other thing, okay? I think you could get free agents to go play in Tempe, Arizona. You're talking about a state with low or no income state income tax. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's low, not no, but it might be no state income tax. I'm not, but so there's that. It's warm weather. Guys can golf almost year round. And listen, Tempe, Scottsdale, not a bad place to live. And you're seeing all these players willing to, and wanting to go play in places like Florida, for in Tampa, in Vegas. These like tax shelters, warm, warm hockey places are seemingly becoming more and more popular amongst the players, places that were never popular back in the day of free agency. So I would love to see that would have loved to have seen that happen. It didn't happen. It's not going to happen. I feel like everything we always hear is just bullshit. We're just kicking it down the line. So ultimately, the most realistic thing to me is this team ends up in Salt Lake City. Yeah, and I think I'm with you. I know a lot of people are like, oh, but it's Bettman's pet project. He'll never let the Coyotes die under his watch. But I also think there's something, as much as people love to do, the, oh, move them to Quebec City. Like, the league was never going to give up a big American market for Quebec City. But now it really feels like one of the first times that there is a passionate owner in another major U.S. market going, I want that team. And I think that right there is enough for Bettman to pull the trigger. And I think, I mean, you're dead on. How many times have we been fed the finally the new arena? Enough's enough. Gavin flashed up the tweet from the Coyotes. We're committed, blah, blah, whatever. Okay, you've said that 20 times in the last 12 months. Who cares? At some point, the NHL's yeah. got to pull the plug. And, and it just feels like there's so much smoke to this one that I, I think you're right with option C. And I will give the Coyotes hockey ops and hockey part of their organization credit. They've taken steps this year. They've done some good things with some draft picks. They seem to be developing some talent. They're playing and they're competitive this year. Look, they're kind of hanging around that wild card picture a little bit. So um, ultimately, I give them credit. I give Armstrong credit, although I am still annoyed at him. His kid switched from BU to BC, which 
I, we could spend a whole show talking about how that, how much that upsets me. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that's where the team ends up. I think that's where the team should end up. Arizona's had enough chances. Let's move on here. I mean, come on. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am with you on that. The Arizona Coyotes playoff odds right now, 10 to one over on Batana. We'll have more on that in a couple of minutes, but let's head to our deadline countdown. Today's article is all about Sean Walker, the Flyers defenseman who was you know, just kind of tossed into that big Provorov, Cal Peterson swap three-way deal from uh, earlier in the summer. And now Sean Walker's bounced back. He's getting moving up on Frank's trade targets list. He's having himself a hell of a season. But Colby, Frank thinks this guy can net the Flyers, or he says there's the chance he can net the Flyers a first-round pick. And honestly, when I look at this list that Frank's thrown together for us, defensemen to net a first-round pick. Now, I know a bunch of these were bigger deals, but... I just look at Sean Walker. I go, he struggled last season, got healthy scratch. I know he was, he was banged up as well. But to me, he's not in the class of the, this level of defenseman. I think a contending team would be insane to give up a first for Sean Walker. Agree or disagree? Uh, I would say I agree with that. But it does seem like every year the market for defensemen gets a little bit more inflated. And uh, a guy like Jake McCabe last year, who who was part of a deal with Sam Lafferty, brought back a first and a second round pick. And, you know, uh, Lafferty then ends up getting traded as well on top of that. But look, Sean Walker's played very well this season on a very good team this season. The Philadelphia Flyers have been a very good team this season. They have. And I didn't think they would be. No one thought they would be. Everybody's been waiting for them to fall off a cliff. They lost five in a row. And then what did they do the first game back from break? They beat the Florida Panthers. So, again, I think Sean Walker has created tremendous value for themselves. I think the Flyers have been smart, and they've played the game. They've said, look, we'd like to bring this guy back. So you're going to have to overpay in order to get him. Do I think someone should give up a first-round pick for Sean Walker? Absolutely not. Would I love to see the Edmonton Oilers bolster their defense? Yes. With a first-round pick? Absolutely not. So do I think someone will give up a first-round pick for him? Very potentially. Teams are always desperate for defensemen, especially right-shot defensemen, and especially a guy who has done what he's done. He's locked 20 minutes of ice time on a playoff team as it stands right now. He's played tight defensive hockey for a coach that can be very difficult to play for because his details and his expectations are very high. And so I think all of those factors have to get considered, and that's why I think they very well may get it, but I would not. What is he on a contending team? Is he a number three D-man who can carry a second pairing for you? Is he a complimentary top four piece? Is he a third pairing guy? He's a a complimentary second pair defenseman or a very, very good third pair defenseman. So if you're a really good team and he's on your third pair, you've got a really good third pair. And, and third pairs are important come playoff time. Not having to shelter your third pair or be as concerned with matchups on your third pair, that gives you a little bit more freedom on the back end. So he definitely bolt, bolsters any type of defense, but he's not a number one. He's not a number two, and he's not a number three. Maybe he's a number four. Maybe. Most likely, though, he's your number one guy on your third pair. And we'll see what the value of that is to a team that, thinks that's what they are away from winning. 
the Deadline Countdown series, a new trade deadline-themed article up every day at dailyfaceoff.com. You can read Frank's thoughts later on today over on the website. Colby, I teased it. We're going to play a little game I call high or low. I went over to Botano, and I looked at the playoff odds for all the teams who were kind of in the bubble in both the East and the West. And what I did is I converted those odds to a percent chance based on what Patano's willing to pay out. And Colby, I'm going to let you pick apart our friends at Patano, and we'll start in the Western Conference here. Nashville sitting at the top, 38% chance of making it. St. Louis down at 30. You have Seattle, Calgary, Minnesota falling in after them. Arizona, I mentioned, is 10 to 1 as well, which, again, 10% chance of that happening. When you look at this list, you look at the percentages on the far right side. Give me one of these teams who you think should be higher and one team who you think should be lower. Well, I think Seattle Kraken should probably be higher. Uh, I think this is a team that's played better. Um, I think this is a team that looks at themselves as a playoff team. I think this is a team that's not going to sell off pieces at the deadline because I do think they want to find their way back into the playoffs. Uh, So ultimately, I think they're going to find their way into that playoff mix. And on the other side of it, the Nashville Predators. I think the percent chance is too high for them. I don't think when all is said and done, they're going to be a playoff team. I think Barry Trotz, first-year general manager, is going to have to move some pieces out. They're in the middle of a transition right now. They're not in this win-now type of mode. So I think Nashville is going to probably go the other way as far as their performance here down the stretch. I also think they have a very, very difficult decision to make. UC Soros, are they going to keep them? Are they, what are they going to do with Askarov, who's in the minors? There's a little bit of a, a riches there. They've got too many goaltending uh, players and problems. And, and we saw the haul they got last year for Tanner Janot. Do they have a player they can move off for another haul uh, like that? So ultimately, I think Nashville finds its way down. I think Seattle potentially finds its way up. All right, same question, but for the Eastern Conference, you got Pittsburgh up at the top in the books. Love Sidney Crosby. They're giving a ton of respect to the Penguins here, way up at 64%. You got the Devils next at 58, Detroit at 51, then Philly and the Islanders coming in fifth at 30%. Same question, high or low? Give me one of each. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Well, look, I'm done doubting the Philadelphia Flyers, something that I've done a lot this year. And ultimately, after seeing them beat Florida last night, putting that five-game losing streak uh, to an end, I think the Flyers are a playoff team. I think they're going to make the playoffs. They currently sit in a playoff spot right now, um, right, if I'm not mistaken, unless something uh, I, I missed in the last hour. But I think the Flyers should be higher, without a doubt. Uh, and I think the New Jersey Devils should be lower. I, I just do not see it with the New Jersey Devils. Yes, they won last night. Um, I don't think Colorado played very well. I think the Devils have goaltending and injury problems. Yes, they'll get Jack Hughes back, but they're still going to be without Dougie Hamilton. There's still too much stress and pressure on these young defensemen, albeit Luke Hughes, Nemich, and these guys who have played well. But as the dial gets turned up, and we start pushing towards the playoffs. These guys have never played seasons this long. Luke Hughes played 35 games for Michigan, 40 games last year. He's coming up more on 40 games this season. You have to wonder when those young defensemen are going to hit a wall like that. So I think the Devils should be lower. There you go, high or low for our friends at Patano. We're running long here, so let's get into our big segment. It's the Players' Room. The Players' Room with Luke Gazdick is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Dash that for the win. It's Wednesday, the middle of the week. You don't want to be cooking. Let DoorDash handle that tonight. Luke Gazdick, the former NHLer, current Sportsnet analyst and host of the Mitts Off podcast, joins us as he does every Wednesday. And Luke, you were on the broadcast last night for that big game between the Oilers and the Golden Knights, and it was the Oilers' streak finally coming to an end. Some people, like Colby's co-host, Johnny Lazarus, were saying, oh, look, it's because they finally played a good team. I actually thought Edmonton played pretty well in that game last night. It was just one of those nights where you run into a hot goal, you don't get the bounces. What do you make of Edmonton's streak coming to an end? No, man, you got to give a lot of credit to Aiden Hill. Listen, like I know we're starting to create some mock rosters and lineups for this four nations cup coming up next year. And I, I understand that the U S probably has the hand on the goaltending with and call it Hellebuck Demko and Ottinger as your three. But as people start to curate these lineups, I want to see Aiden Hill in there and probably starting for team Canada. This guy has just continued to impress since the cup run last year and into this year He's a guy I saw in the minors. My last two years pro with San Diego, he was with Tucson. And every time we played him, it was 40 saves every night. And last night made some absolute circus saves. But this is what Vegas does, man. They're hiding in the weeds. They're doing it in the standings right now. Not a lot of people are talking about them in the Western Conference. We talk a lot about Vancouver and Winnipeg and Edmonton on the streak. Vegas sits back, they wait for you to make mistakes, and they feast on transition and turnovers. And that's what they did last night. Darnell and Cody Cece had a pretty good match. And then last night, you just lose a battle beneath the goal line. And before you know it, it's in the back of your net with this team. And I just, I know how frustrating it can be to put up 30 shots on a goaltender and two on one after two on one. And it's, it, it's save after save. I, I really did think they gave themselves a chance to win. Ty, I thought they got into the bit of the old oiler habit a bit where they were looking for 97 and 29 to drag them back into that one. I think their depth got a little exposed last night. Uh, I thought their bottom six could have been a little better and I'm usually pretty biased towards those guys, but you know, if, if they're going to want to have any success, that's the team they're going to have to go through. And that's the game they're going to have to play. You're probably going to have to win four out of seven, probably against that team to get out of uh, to get out of the Western conference or even out of the Pacific division. 
so I think that's a little bit of a preview for what's to come. And they're missing Eichel. They're missing Theodore. Like, that's not even their full roster. Yeah. So, you know, I know the break, whatever it was, nine days for both teams. Uh, but they can take a lesson out of that. That's uh, that's a preview of, of what's to come. And kind of a little reminder, I think, for everyone that not only is this a really good hockey team that won a Stanley Cup last year, but that wasn't a fluke run by Aiden Hill. This guy's the real deal. Well, Luke, it's interesting to hear you talk a lot about that stuff. You know, I, I spent four years with Bruce Cassidy uh, in the minors, and it's funny because his system and his structure, the way that he sets teams up is he, he'll let you skate around the outside of the ice, and they collapse the house so well. Um, and, and I'm listening to you talk about Aiden Hill, and, and I'm, I'm with you. The guy looks like an all-star caliber goaltender when he's in the net. But last year when he was playing in the playoffs, something that I said, and I'm guilty of saying is this system protects goaltenders. And so it sounds to me like you think that that's a, 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 maybe an unfair statement, you know, watching the way that he's playing this year. Is this system and structure and the way Bruce Cassidy coaches going to allow the Vegas Golden Knights to make another run this season? Oh, I love hockey talk. I love this. I think you saw you saw the LA Kings early in the season play very similar to what you're talking about. And Cam Talbot had some unreal numbers early just because of how Todd ran that system early in the year. And Bruce does a similar thing. Listen, if he can continue, if Bruce can continue to coach that way, they the sky is the limit for them. I will say that that it's a tough system to play in for a player. You need all five guys on the ice to be doing their job at all times. And if one cog of that element isn't in the right spot or the right position, that's when your grade A's happen and that's when the breakdowns happen. So if he can continue to get his players to buy into it, the sky's the limit for this team because you're right. And he coaches you, hard. He coaches oh. very hard, Bruce Cassidy. I mean, you would know from experience playing, but um, it, a very intense guy. But even like that, that two on oh, four, four and a half minutes into the game from McDavid and Drysettle, you're rarely going to see things like that unless it's a specific player mistake. Like DeHarnay makes a good play stepping up, but Barbashev turns that puck over. So that's when your breakdowns and your grade A's are going to happen the other way, but they just don't allow a lot. But you need the buy-in from every single guy on the ice at all time. Guys can't take nights off, and that's a tough way and a tough system to play in. So it'll be interesting down the stretch here, dog days, especially through February and March here. Can he continue to roll these guys over? And if he can, like we might be talking about a repeat here. Oof, that is uh, not music to the ears of an Oilers. Yeah, I was just going to say, Tyler hates to hear that. <laughs> uh, I want to wrap this up with a quick thing on the LA Kings. I think, you know, Vegas has ob obviously established their elite. Edmonton has pushed themselves into that conversation. The Canucks keep rolling. But then there's the LA Kings. They go make the coaching change with Todd McClellan out. They don't play again until Saturday, actually. They're on their bye week right now. But what did you make of the Kings' decision to gas Todd McClellan? Was it a move that you think can spark them, or was it premature? I was a little surprised, to be honest. Um, I, I don't mind it. This is a situation very similar to Bruce. Like, I played for Todd in Edmonton. This is a tough coach to play for. And very similar in the way that I was talking about Vegas is that the way he runs his defensive system, if you're not in the right spots, the whole thing falls apart. And I'm not putting this on PLD, but you know the comments he had about Dubois, about you know having to be better and having to be a difference maker. 
And if you have even one guy that's not on the same page as everybody else, that can bring down the whole system. Um, the thing I don't love about the coaching change is I'm just, I think this is just something that I like is a new set of eyes. I don't love the interim tags and I don't love always necessarily promoting your assistant guy. Sometimes with a team like this and in a, a, a situation like this, I like them bringing in a new set of eyes. I thought Craig Berube would have probably been perfect there. Honestly, Ty too. I thought Woody might be in the hunt for that job. Uh, but they go with the interim assistant coach, which is a veteran coach as well. But they need to get some better goaltending first and foremost. But it just sounds like they have some issues as well in, in the room. And I don't know if that's the PLD effect. But when you hear Drew Doughty come out like that, an honest take on his situation, and you hear a veteran not really go after players, but very passively, passive aggressively call out individuals on your own team it's never a good sign so that is music to Oilers fans ears that that LA is starting to trend in the wrong direction but um it's a really good hockey team over there and I think they're going to figure it out there are numbers that suggest that an uh, like an assistant coach being elevated doesn't give you the same new coach bump that going from the outside does have you been in the room in a room for both of those different scenarios yeah let me put myself in this position no, we didn't ever have an assistant get uh, hired there. In Edmonton, when Dallas Eakins got fired, they promoted Todd Nelson from, uh, I'm laughing because I'm going to get to the funny part. They promoted him from Oklahoma City, but Craig McTavish was the GM and he came down on the bench for like two weeks as like a, I remember that. a, a transition <laughs> period. So we had like two head coaches on the bench, but one was our GM and I love both of them, to be honest. Todd was the man. He still is the man. I, I'm stunned he hasn't got another NHL coaching job yet. The guy's got three Calders now, won another one last year with Hershey. And Mac T is one of my favorite people in the world. The most honest, brutally honest coach I've had. We'll tell you, you played the worst game of your life the night before, but we'll give you a tap and say, let's go have a good skate tonight. Uh, but it was just, it was different because it was just a weird situation, but no, I've never had the assistant just move over for a bit. All I've had is a guy come up from the minors, but that really sparks you. And I think that's why you see the, the coach bump is because especially for a guy like me on the fourth line, that's a whole new set of eyes that I want to build trust with. And it's a whole new, it's a whole new guy that's never seen what I can bring to the table. That's why you'll see the, you'll see the best of players early in new coaching careers because they want to build that trust up with their new guy love the insight as always luke the players room delivered by doordash that promo code at the top of your screen nation 25 luke we'll chat again next week yeah thanks boys Before we get to our daily face-off inbox question, Colby, a little update here from Frank Saravalli. He's being told that Suns owner Matt Ishbia is not pursuing the Coyotes. Frank adds, unless there is another mystery local business person woo, interested in buying the team and privately funding it all, it crosses one of those three options off the board. So a little update from Frank today as he is on the grind chasing that story. Uh, let's get into our hashtag AskDFO inbox question. is brought to you by Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey artfully blended and impeccably crafted make it your very own Colby Brendan Dillon was tossed out of the game last night for the Winnipeg Jets for this hit on Noel Achari uh he's going to have a phone hearing today as well no games one game two game three games what do you think Brendan Dillon's gonna get honestly I I think that he's gonna get a game 
but personally wouldn't have given him a game. I thought the five in the match penalty was enough. And I know this is an unpopular thing to say. Let me just say I hated the outcome of the hit. I did, but I didn't hate the hit because I didn't see an elbow. I didn't even see a shoulder. I didn't see a player who left their feet. This was a timing check by Brendan Dillon that he was a little too early on while Nolachari was leaning a little bit forward. So again, I hate the outcome. I hate a player getting hit in the face and it was head and face contact, but the premise of the hit and the lead up to the hit and the hit itself, I do not have this horrifying, egregious problem with. So I'm hoping he only gets one game. I'm not in the camp of throw the book at Brendan Dillon for that hit whatsoever. I am 1000% with you. And usually I am someone who's more of a, if there's head contact, throw the book at him, get it out of the game. But Noel Achari goes through over basically two lines with his head down. Then at the very last second, you can see he tries to turn away. And that's and what leans those forward. Like that's a 100%. player putting himself in a bad yeah. spot. You can't ask Brendan Dillon to not step up on a guy at the blue. No line. elbow. Look how tight, look how tight to his body. That was body contact. We need more body contact in the NHL, not less. So hate the outcome. I hope he doesn't get a big suspension. I really hope he doesn't. All right, we're going to move along to our daily bets. But first, a message from Seagram's VO Select Whiskey. My family's very own whiskey. Barrel aged and set apart. Marked with VO. Artfully blended. Impeccably crafted. As a wedding gift to my son. For the bride and groom. And now, over a century later, from our very own family to yours. A legacy rooted in whiskey. Seagram's VO. Growing deeper. Reaching out. Raising a glass to your legacy. Seagram's VO. Make it your very own. Moving along, our daily bets are brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at botano.ca. One play for me here tonight, Cole, but is the Toronto Maple Leafs at home to the Dallas Stars. Dallas coming off a close win over Buffalo last night, but they're playing in the second of back-to-backs. The Toronto Maple Leafs have not been a good home bet this season, but I think they're in a decent spot for a bounce back here. I know I really do have a tough time trusting the Toronto Maple Leafs, but minus 128 on home ice coming off a disappointing loss. Do you think I'm crazy for backing the Leafs here? I think anytime you back the Leafs, you're crazy. Yes, but you're pretty good at this whole betting thing. So if you have a hunch, then I'll ride with you. I'm having a tough week. So, I mean, the Leafs usually do let me down. You're due. You're due. I'm hoping they can figure it out. I'm due. Uh, there you go. The game starts now at Patano. Let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time brought to you by Wendy's and the Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Head to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com to get your picks in. If you're still alive somehow, it's been a brutally tough week. If you're a loser like myself, you can be a winner by ordering the bacon portobello mushroom melt from Wendy's or on the Wendy's app. Cole, what do you got for garbage time? A bit of a, a bizarre story that's been floating around the internet today. John Tavares going to court against the Canadian government over a tax issue. And the way that I understand this to be is that his signing bonus in 2018, he is arguing that this was an inducement payment to get him to come back to Canada. And there is a treaty between the U.S. and Canada that calls for a 15% tax rate on an inducement um, payment for someone to leave working in the United States to come to Canada. Canada is saying, no, no, no. You're going to pay 38% on that 12 or $15 million. So there's an $8 million delta from what Taveras paid and what the government says he owes. So it'll be interesting to see how that 
funnels through and how that ends up working out. Talk about high class problems, eh, Tyler? I mean, high class problems, but it also is an interesting potential precedent center setter, isn't it? Like it for every free agent who comes from a, a Canadian free agent, I should say, who goes from an American team to a Canadian team, that could actually change the way contracts are structured in the NHL. Listen, and we've seen players spurn Canadian teams because they don't want to deal with Canadian taxes. They don't want to deal with the property tax. I mean, again, I don't understand the, the, the tax system as well there as I do here, especially because I literally just got off the phone an hour ago with my accountant doing our taxes. Um, but listen, it, it's definitely something that is being written about right now. So other players are going to have an eye on it. We live in a copycat society. This could end up hurting the Toronto Maple Leafs and other teams when contracts are being done and they're looking at bonus payments and this and that. So we'll see what the trickle down effect of this is. Uh, we went long today, but I always love catching up with you, Cole. That's a wrap on today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live brought to you by Botano. The game starts now, botano.ca. Everyone in the YouTube, you are great tomorrow. Frank's back in the co-host seat. We'll chat with you at noon Eastern. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.